Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and content that may be harmful to people like kids and... Like kids. But it does contain language about adorable dogs. I don't know if I'm to that. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with Tea and Cleaves. Each week, offering up a blurry perspective on life. Welcome to a new episode, which might or might not be 20. Depends who's counting. Not me. Fraction man. <laughs> we don't need to create the canon that is Fraction Man. Also, I just uh, moved this, so we'll just cut all of that. Just, uh... Just what? dicking around with the candle on the windowsill. Don't dick around with the candle on the windowsill when you're <laughs> recording. Can you answer yourself? No, I'm sorry. Am you I... bored me already at this point. To the point that I just went, ooh, candle. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> All right, I'm focused, I'm focused, I'm focused. Okay. I'm back in the room. Michael Bolton, we really need you to focus up. <laughs> Roger that. All so, right, how you been anyway? What's 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 been happening with you? So, same old as usual, but also other things have been going down in the town. I think at this point of recording, COVID is now lifting a little bit. So, we're getting out there, being a bit more free and sexy as young adults. Also had a guide dog's mobility assessment for my new dog. Yeah, that was more what I was alluding to. Yes, I, I know. But I didn't know if we wanted to go straight into that. Um because that's the topic of the week. Well, it sort of is, but this has genuinely happened to you, so how did it go? Guide me through it. It went well. It went well. It was just doing a, a route, or a couple of routes that I normally do, local shops. You don't have any hair. How do you do any routes? Well, I asked Levi. He's got all the routes. Do you know what? My joke was shit, but fair play. You trumped me. Yes. <laughs> well, does that mean the joke is better or shitter? Dealer's choice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so it went well. So I've got to wait for a answer from them now, just to see what they say. Goes to a panel. Much like X Factor, but Dog Factor. What a terrible show that would be. That's next door neighbour. I, I don't want, I can't remember how much you cut of you slating... My next door neighbour in one of the episodes we just recorded. Look, you slated her. I merely recorded the slating. You you repeatedly slated her. Which makes it easy. Yeah, it does. She does. How are you though? Yeah, I'm a good mate. No no news no news this week. No updates on anything. So I roll. Well, my, but well my colleague has left me at work actually, that's uh my work wife. Don't apply now. They've already got someone. Yeah. Or you're roping someone in. Someone young and fresh. Actually, yep. that's quite creepy. No. But <laughs> 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 yeah. well, you said young, fresh adults earlier, and I was like, oh, I don't think you used the word fresh. Anyway, and then I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird, but it's not too weird. Then when I said it, and then realised that the person that's potentially doing the job is only around, like, 18 or 19, I think. Mm. And she might be in her 20s, I don't know. But then I was like, no, that's creepy. I'm too old for that shit. It is a bit creepy. When you consider that you were going to secondary school when she was born. Don't don't make that comparison. <laughs> what? I was only just in secondary school. 
that's really bad. Like then that's that's the case. Like someone said to me the other day, like you know how you're feeling, like when you're feeling old. It's like what what you're on about. I said, oh, Nintendo GameCube came out twenty years ago. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't hear that. Like, <laughs> I think the worst is when you're watching the film, like not a recent film, and you look at when it came out. You're like, fucking hell, that's ludicrous. Like what? Because you're all about like I don't know, Shining or Rocky. No, and those films I'm... are like old anyway by our standards, didn't they? They are, but then when you think of films that came out, uh, like Wayne's World, that we referenced in a recent episode, yeah, I'm pretty sure Wayne's World is 30 years old now. I think it was 91, wasn't it? I don't know without Googling it, but it was around that time, definitely. Mm. But 30 years. It's... What a 30 years! <laughs> and it's still excellent, but... Mm. But no one's partying it anymore. <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, I've got some plans. Watching Wayne's World is really just like a, a box-ticking exercise, isn't it? You're just there, you're crossing the T's and dotting the... J's. <laughs> well, there is, a, there is a member of the VIP community in the second film, so... What, Goth? <laughs> no, I meant the guy who does the applications. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. You just what, made the what joke. What standard link, yeah, which I totally made to, meant to do. Yeah, you made the fucking joke, and then I immediately like, who? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But yeah, okay. Doesn't he have like ocular albinism or something? Yeah, he does. I don't know whether he really had that, or whether it was just a, a contact lens. No, it would surprise me. Stop taking our parts. Back in 1993, I imagine that film came out. Yeah. We're still taking our parts. That pisses me off, actually. When non-disabled actors get disabled roles. And I'm not talking about like, Things like Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man and like Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. I'm talking like having a paraplegic actor not playing that role or someone who is paraplegic. Mm. Patrick Stewart. Get out of that wheelchair. Although he was, he was, I love Patrick Stewart. I think he's a really good actor until he sold his soul to animation. Yeah, now he's in everything, no matter what. Contrary to our last episode title saying you haven't made it to your animated, <laughs> Patrick Stewart debatably lost it when he became animated. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real shame. Although he's a man after my own heart. Bald, Scottish roots, likes to drink. And a big Star Trek fan. I don't think I've ever watched a Star Trek episode. Moving on. Shall we move on? Let's go on to our topic of the week. Topic of the week. See, I did it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to rehash old jingles that I deliberately cut. Oh, you're cut. <laughs> Jingle, you're cut. So what is the topic of this week, Cleves? Guide dogs. Again? Again. <laughs> Just couldn't get enough. That Episode dogs. dog goodness. Episode two. Attack of the dogs. You could have gone with attack of the bones. I could have gone. <laughs> Damn it, I should have gone attack of the bones. It was right there in front of you. That was episode two of Star Wars. It's sort of guide dog related. I've never seen that film either, so. What films have you seen? Ghostbusters and Wayne's World. <laughs> Watching the same ones every year. We've already year. established that I've watched those two repeatedly. <laughs> so, last time, previously on Seesaw Podcast, we spoke about the acquiring a guide dog. And that it wasn't just a walk in the park, even though you might have to walk in the park for some of your assessments. 
So today we're going to talk about the the day to day, like what home life, home life, and home pride. Pandemic sauce, don't they? Yeah, delicious. We're going to talk about day to day being a GDO, G, uh, guide dog owner, which we're known as on the internet. That's something I've just learned. There you go. Educating the nation since 1987. Mansplaining to the nation since 2020. I don't like that word. And <laughs> <laughs> necessarily puts binary labels on me. Uh, yeah, sure. Dogs, anyway. Dogs. Working day to day. What or, way to make a living. Yes. And living your life. A guy dog will become attached to you. And I don't mean just like emotionally. You mean physically attached to you? Like pretty much, to be honest. Like how often has it been that you've seen me without my dog, at least in the vicinity, since I got him? Earliest today? Right now? Yeah, but he's in the house. <laughs> he is in the house, yeah. He's just not allowed in when we're recording, because all he does is fall asleep and make stupid noises. But they will become just a part of you. So it's sort of like 24-7... Um, at least if you have kids, you can give them to, like, siblings or your parents or something like that. Would you liken it to a fresh pair of underwear in that first it's constrictive, but after a while it becomes a part of you? It's quite apt, Alison, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Was it difficult at first not having... I suppose it would be the same with a regular dog, but this one's more... I don't know, did they require any special attention that a regular dog wouldn't need? They need routine. Like, 100%. I mean, all dogs really need routine, but generally, they don't get it. Dogs, dogs have fantastic body clocks, so getting their routine down is really important, even more so of a guide dog. So they have to be fed twice a day. Some other dogs only get fed once, but guide dogs, because they are always walking and working and doing all sorts of stuff, get fed twice a day. And it has to be, you have to try and make an effort to make that at the same time every day. Once in a while, it's not too bad to change it, but usually it's, you have to start feeding them at like half six in the morning. And you have to stick to that. I mean, a half an hour here and there is fine, but. Half six is early. I used to, when I used to work in leisure, I used to feed my dog around half six in the morning because I was on early shifts. So it would usually be the, get up, feed him, take him out to the toilet, and then go back to bed, and he would as well. Now, because I'm working from home, it's usually around 8 o'clock, he gets his breakfast, 8 in the morning, and then he gets his dinner between 7 and 8. It's not a set time, he knows roughly that's the time. When he's hungry, he will start to hound you for it. So in the morning, if, God forbid, I snooze one extra time, he will be sat next to the bed and he will not go until I've gotten up and gotten him his breakfast because he knows that that's when breakfast is. And something you get used to. To begin with, it's a bit... You've got to have to be consistent, which is the most important thing. Can't you just put his breakfast out at night and set an alarm and when the alarm goes off, he eats the breakfast? No, because he's a Labrador and if I put his breakfast out, he'd eat it immediately. Mm. Maybe he just needs better training. Labradors eat constantly. <laughs> they will not... Stop eating. So the routine of like day to day, uh, grooming as well. I'm not the best at grooming. They're supposed to be groomed really regularly. 
taking them to the toilet. There's sort of procedures you have to do with that. There's a phrase you use to get them to go to the toilet. Which is? Not going to say. Why? Because it basically tells all guys... It's the same for every guide dog. And I don't want people hearing this and going out and saying it as a joke to guide dogs when people are working them, because then they will just poo. Try. <laughs> it would be funny, though, wouldn't it? It would be funny, but really inconvenient. But legally, if a guide dog poos, you don't have to pick it up. So Fun fact. There is a fun fact. What about if it, like, shits in the middle of an Asda? Doesn't matter. Don't have to pick it up. Legally exempt. So What about if it, like, shits in a baby's pushchair? Well, why is it in the pushchair? Good question. It's an unruly guide dog, particularly <laughs> this one. Even the most unruly guide dog, I don't know why it would be in a pushchair. Well, it's seen an empty pushchair. Right. Oh, I need a bit of a sit-down. Right. In in all the senses. Takes a dump. Right. Whilst you're looking at, I don't know, some frozen pizzas in Asda or something. And... Uh, <laughs> And then the mum comes back from around the corner because she's just got some old El Paso, sits the kid back in quickly, and it's like, oh, my baby shat itself, but it turns out it's dog shit. Well, the first thing they'd know is that the shit was on the outside of the trousers. Secondly, I think this scenario has never happened and probably will never happen. <laughs> probably. But we don't know that. If it does, it's a freak accident and you <laughs> just get a million pounds for that happening. So what are the good and bad things of having a guide dog then day to day? What makes life easier with a guide dog? It makes mobility completely mindless. With a long cane, you have to concentrate quite a lot. You have to concentrate on where you're going. Has an idiot put a bin out in the middle of the road or the pavement? Like looking for landmarks, that sort of thing. A guide dog makes it completely... You just go on an auto drive, to be honest. As long as you're given the commands of the dog. This is another misconception that guide dogs are robots. <clears throat> they're really not. You need to tell them where they go. Uh, if you don't tell them, they won't do that. So if you don't say left, they won't go left. They'll just keep maintaining course. Well, if there's a bin in the way, like you said. Well, yeah, they'll go around it. They're trained to go around obstacles, but the actual logistics of navigation, you have to give them direction. Mm. If you want to go right, you tell them to go right. They won't go right and just like not throw you in, like walk you in the way of a car or something like that. They'll find an appropriate location, but they rely on these commands. You have to give them the commands for them to function. It makes you completely mindless, and I find I have a lot more energy, and it doesn't wear me out as much, just because. In the mind? Well, mentally, yeah, mentally, because I'm not having to concentrate so much. If I'm going to the shop, I just sort of, I know it's going to go straight down here. Like, just straight down this road, and I've got to turn left eventually. It's just a matter of getting the dog to start that route. And with time, they start to get to know what that route is and where they're going, which they're really good at doing. Like, repetition is good. Uh, it takes a lot of work to get them used to a new place, like getting them used to going to a new place. But eventually, they get an idea of where you want to go. So if there's only one shop out of, like, four or five on your left and on the street and you only ever go to one, then they'll always go to that one. Why do you want to go to a different one? Well, that's when you have to use a bit of common sense and try and reorient and try and find it yourself, to be honest. They'll take you to the one you know, and if you know, the next shop. Well, so they're basically programmed. Yeah, basically. They're brainwashed. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is that one of the bad things about them? So no, no, that's one of the good things. And technology makes it a lot better now as well, because I can use Google Maps and do my routes and just relay like the walking directions to my dog. Oh, uh, so yeah, he's walking for you. You don't have to physically look where you're going because yeah. you're looking at the maps. Well, I just listen to the maps. So I'll program it in and have an earbud in. And then Google say, oh, up here, turn left. And then I know, if say, like, in 10 yards, turn left. And then I can give him the command left. And he's only going left when there's that opening, providing there's not another one. Why can't, you just, why can't you just put the earbuds in the dog's ears? And then when Google says in 10 yards, turn left, that's where it goes. Because it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Because <laughs> it's stupid. What, the idea or the dog? Kind of both. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who are giving directions direct to my dog. It's ridiculous. Like, crouching down, giving directions. It's like, come on. Really? They're not that good. What are some of the bad things? Some of the bad things. So, even though I've just gone on about how they're robots and work on routines, they get bored and they will do naughty things. I don't think they pick up bad habits, but they have bad habits and it's just personality traits. And they can cause hijinks with that. So my dog loves attention, or he did when he was still working. Well, he still does. He loves food and he loves attention. So that's what he'll always prioritise. He's also not really fond of other dogs, so it upsets him. That will break his focus quite a lot. My dog particularly likes to shit everywhere. They're not supposed to. Is it because some people are coming up and chanting phrases at him? If it was only that. No, he's just, he just likes to poop anywhere. He doesn't poop in shops, luckily, but he does like to do his pooping all over the place. That's the thing, you never get a lie in either. So, like having kids say goodbye to having a, like, lying in on a Sunday. You, like, you've got to be up doing stuff. Yeah, he might have that with regular dogs. All I mean is, is yeah. there anything that's more specific to guide dogs that's worse than potentially having a regular dog? They're always a consideration. Because of their routine and the way things are done, it isn't the same, so much to think of, oh, can you look after my dog? It's like an entire list you have to give people. So if you're going away for the evening and like you, you can't take the dog for whatever reason, it's the case of, here's the dog, they have to be fed at this time, don't let them do this. Don't let them do that. Don't let. Don't feed them outside of their meal time. Don't let them on the couch. Don't let them on your bed. Don't do this. Don't do that. There's a lot of rules. This is the phrase to get them to go to the toilet in the morning. You need to feed them at this time. Like they will not like it if you don't. And it's just a lot of hassle. Like it's a lot of hassle. And when I started sort of having people look after my dog now and again. I would just say, oh, just do this and this. But now I just send them a list. and just says, these are the rules. So that's a bad thing. It sort of takes away that they're a pet a little bit. So well, they're not, are they, really? They're not, but when they're at harness, they should really be a pet as well. And they do have moments where they feel like that. I mean, that's, that's one of the bad things, to be honest. They have their quirks, and sometimes things they're not happy about can really upset the balance and affects the way you're doing things. So my dog doesn't like fire alarms. I mean, they're very na- very loud. But when you're having a fire alarm test, he is useless. Not really a way what from a guide dog, is it? In a fire? 
Well, no, but the... Oh, you know, at your work, right, I'm assuming this is where you have the fire alarms. Do you, because you're technically disabled, do you have to have a fire buddy? I have um, a bit of paperwork attached to my HR file. <laughs> attached to my back. <laughs> this says, in case of fire, please drag me to the nearest exit. So I'm what they call a priority evacuee. Oh, I think you misspoke. Didn't you Didn't you mean to say liability? <laughs> I, yes, also spelled liability. In all caps, when I started at my work, I had to have a chat with health and safety and go over evacuation protocol, like what I needed, where I had to go, where I could go and wait for assistance if I needed it. So if I can't get down myself, what are safe areas? So we have some areas which are because of the way the doors are and things like that, they're like resistant to heat and flames for like half an hour. So it was like, if this happens, where are you going to go? And it's like, well, I'll go to this if this is the case and this this is the case and wait there for someone. But then the awkward conversation comes up and they go, what about your dog? Now, even if my dog didn't like fire alarms and was okay with them which he isn't he freezes up and just shakes and you can't move him you're supposed to leave the dog behind he's not the priority or they are not the priority and that's always shocking when you put it down on the paperwork that it's it's like if someone can grab him fine but what guide dogs say is in the event of a fire you do not worry about the dog the priority is you because it is a service dog it's there for your your safety, but a guide dog cannot be relied upon in that circumstance to get you to safety. They don't want people injuring themselves or killing themselves for the sake of a dog because they value human life over the dog's life. And that's always really difficult. And it surprised HR when I said, like, if someone can bundle him up because he's not going to walk, if someone's happy picking him up and bundling him over the shoulder and taking him out, great that's what i'd prefer but if it so happens that that's not the case career no, barbecue pretty much it's horrible but that's what happens like you have no choice that's the process you're abandoned like if someone comes to you and says i can't carry the dog and guide you you leave the dog it's pretty horrible isn't it? it is horrible but it's what you have to do i mean granted i'd probably still try and put him over my shoulder but if it was unfeasible, then what can you do? Like, there's not much. You just let people know and hope that someone can go in. Someone from the fire service can go in and get him. But mm. if they can't, they can't. Well, that's fucking sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the reality, unfortunately. Speaking but, of leaving dogs behind, what do you do when you go on holiday? Does, on he, holiday, does he get left behind? Like when you go abroad? He has never been on holiday with us. So you he, leave him behind. Yes. He does have a doggy passport, but everywhere we've always gone, I don't have very good assistance dog rules, which means it would just be a pain in the ass to do, or it would be far too hot for him. He's a black Labrador. He gets... When we have summers in the UK, he gets too hot and I have to tell him to get out of the sun because he's an idiot and just lies in the sun till he overheats. Can you imagine what it would be like in Mexico or Cuba where it gets up to 40 Celsius? Just let him dip in the kids' pool. I'd love it. <laughs> he doesn't like water. What? 
<laughs> he doesn't, that dog doesn't like water. He doesn't like water. He doesn't Is like he got rabies. No, he doesn't like, doesn't like it wet. It's weird. He's usually stayed with family. Guide dogs, they do have like a boarding house. So if you give them enough notice, they will pick up the dog. For and, free? Yeah, free. Completely oh, free. Good. Um, and then... Your donations at work? Yeah. And then he'll go and play with other dogs. He'll get lots of walks. So it is, they say they'll, they'll board him. I think, I don't know if there's an actual boarding house or whether it's just one of the, it might just be one of the instructors that takes them in for a week or so. You never know. Some of them just have like three or four dogs on the go at once. What about regular life? Shops, pubs, that kind of stuff? So regular life, he, he loves going out and about. The busier, the better. Not the same for all guide dogs, but mine likes things. I, he likes to be busy. He likes the challenge. He likes pubs because peanuts and chips live in pubs. He goes in there and diminishes their population, which not supposed to do. Not supposed to feed a guide dog, but got to keep them occupied one way or another. People accidentally end up dropping chips. On purpose, yeah. Yeah. Usually he's okay around a pub. People will move out of the way. If he gets busy, he will push people out of the way. Again, not all guide dogs do this. I'd say that's probably quite a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's a he, gentle nudge. Yeah, he sometimes he's not that gentle. I've seen him like, push someone so that they like, stumble forward and have to like, catch themselves. So he can be a bit forceful. But if you're in his way, you're in his way. <laughs> he, he's moving forwards and he will move you. He loves the attention as well. Drunk people like dogs. People like dogs anyway, but drunk people especially like dogs. I imagine that's most of the custom they get next door. You're using the same joke again and again and again. <laughs> You're talking about this time it was drunk customers. Hey, no judgment. If all I know, you do it. What, pay for it or I'm the whore? Jigger Cleaves. Did that sound better in your head? It did. Even then, when I think about it, in my head it wasn't that good either. <laughs> so about shops and things, he's fine. I've got to know where the shops are. He won't find things in the shops. Guiders won't find things in the shops for you. So you can't say, find the milk, Betsy, and then Betsy finds the milk. You're not trying to do that, like find the meat or something like that, because that, the meat would have a particular smell, would it not? Like the, they like the meat. The deli counter or something. And the, they like the deli counter. My dog exclusively has a fish and potato-based diet. So he loves like the fishmonger counter, like the fish counter. So next door. Fuck's sake. So he likes those areas. <laughs> those areas. <laughs> okay. But no, like they won't find specific things. That's when you've got to know your way around. Okay. If uh, you can, sometimes they always pretend to offer the service in the shops, you know, where you can get someone to take you around. I've never had that happen. Yeah, me either. Oh, I've never, I've never tried to be honest. I imagine you'd have to phone in advance. I think you do. It's more often that I've had people, members of the public, ask if I need help. Yeah, that happens. But then you kind of think, how much help are you willing to give? I always say no. Come, usually okay. But if I turn and say yes, I do, and then whip out a list of twenty items, it's like I need spinach. <laughs> are they going to be going around with me for the next half an hour? I think it's more if you're looking at, you know, the yogurts, what flavour do you want, that kind of shit in it that they're really offering. Yeah, but they don't know how much sight I have. So if they turn around and said, oh, do you need help? I'd say, yes, I'm looking for the eggs and I'm 
not in the dairy section. I mean, like canned goods. I mean, what are they going to do then? Give you some canned eggs. <laughs> Pickled eggs in a can. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it does, to be honest, yeah. No one's... Canned eggs? <laughs> Pickled eggs in a can. You can't get pickled eggs in a can. I bet if I Googled it right now. Canned bread. <laughs> you can get anything in a can. Can you? Grand Canyon. <laughs> oh, damn it. Sometimes, you know, we just say things. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we shouldn't. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so around shops is fine. you got another shop. If I go into a new shop, like, he'll stop me knocking into things. But... It's up to me. Yeah, that's what you want, isn't it, really? You just don't want to... Yeah, it's up to you. Like, they're not robots. It's entirely up to you. They're there to stop you walking into things. You have the roots. You've got to tell them what to do. But they'll stop you walking into things and falling into holes and stuff like that. That's what they're for. Like, that's ultimately what a guide dog does. Do you have any advice for someone that has a guide dog but maybe they're not performing? Contact guide dogs themselves. Oh, there's nothing that you can do then you think maybe... Okay, let me ask you this, right? You've had one guide dog, he's now retired. If you get another guide dog, is it, what would you do with the new guide dog to make your experience better that you haven't done with the first one? It's like when you have a second oh. child and you try and perfect the mistakes of the first one. Yeah, so being stricter with the rules, I was a little bit lax with the rules to begin with and there becomes a slippery slope. So now my dog will climb up on the couch... That's something that's not going to be happening with a new dog. I, I kept to a lot of the main things that guy dogs told me to do, but there's things that I I really should be a bit better with, like grooming. I probably should be better with grooming the next time around. Is that because he went more into pet territory a little bit more? A little bit. Than work dog. Yeah, a little bit, because it's sort of... That's just like general animal care, and sort of you blur the line of... Pets to, yeah, it must like, be very difficult like, not to make that distinction sometimes. Yeah, and it is tough because sometimes you just want to crack on and get things done, and certain things guide dogs say you should do. It's just like there's, there's no time for it sometimes. Like they say like twenty minutes a day of dedicated playtime, and I get it. I get why they say that, but I'm a busy man like I, I don't have 20 minutes necessarily every single day and then sometimes I forget to just sit on the floor and play like tug with my dog and he'll bring me toys and then I'll play with him for five minutes but I'm not going to sit down and go this is designated playtime I don't want to have another thing in the day which is going to always bring me the toy at that point because of course they routine. they have the routine mm. because there might be an occasion where I can't do that because I'm working or, or, or out and about. And then he's going to feel bad about not having that experience. But I think what will help is hopefully when I get my new dog, I'll still have my current dog. In which case they can play with each other. Like playtime is going to be something that they can do together. I didn't think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to go, I'm going to use my current dog as the example. You, new dog, you don't want to end up like that, okay? You can be better than that. Nobody wants to end up like that. Put a dunce hat on him. <laughs> yeah, it's a pure example of it. Look at him, he shits everywhere. You don't want to be that dog. Nobody wants to be a Squidward. <laughs> no, but I think it'd be good for the new dog and the old dog. I think 
having another dog around will like really helps with a guide dog. Because my dog, even though he's not a fan of other dogs, he's been attacked a few times. So he's not a fan of other dogs. He still wants the attention and the social side of other dogs. But he can't trust them. And he always comes across too strong, either too defensive or too playful. Because I get a little bit concerned about his safety and he gets a bit concerned about types of dogs. But I think he still just needs that social environment. So I think a new dog in the house will definitely help him. I don't think he'll crave it from other dogs because he'll have one knocking around for him to sort of play with, unless he's naughty. <laughs> then no playtime. No playtime. <laughs> okay, so I think that that's roughly the ins and outs of it. I mean, if, if you do have more more questions about guide dogs... Email tw- us at email us. Podcast. Yeah, email us, contact us throughout all of that sort of stuff. People with guide dogs, they don't mind answering questions to a degree. We'll go over some do's and don'ts about that in a future episode. But hopefully this is a glimpse, like these two parts, about what guide dogs are really like. Um, you only ever see the puppies, like, bouncing around with toilet rolls on the... Andrex advert. On the Andrex advert. And you think, oh, adorable, and then they show you pictures of them, and you go, oh, sponsor the puppy. But hopefully this is a bit more of a dive into... The fact that they they do become a part of your life, like, ridiculously so. And it's traumatic when they're not there anymore. And when my dog's been away for operations and stuff. Absolutely devastated by it. And even when he retired, completely devastated by it. So difficult to transition to back to a long cane after a dog. Canes suck. Compared to a dog. But if you've only ever used a cane, you're not interested in a dog, then you're going to say dogs suck. Mm. But... I've been using a dog for nine years. So going back to a long cane, it's a bit shit. Cool, so shall we call it there? Let's call it, yeah, good. So, there's a boiler, and that's good timing. Boiler now. Yeah. Fred's here, rolling along. (laughs) He just keeps rolling. He just keeps rolling at inconvenient times. Get a job, Fred. I don't know what he does these days. Probably sells bucket hats. I've never bought a bucket hat. No, I love a good bucket hat. Do you? Well, back in the day, not anymore. <laughs> I can imagine you in a bucket hat. Yeah. You look like a tool in my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was no need for that, was there? I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying there was no need to say it out loud. <laughs> and on that... Catch you next week. Catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Seesaw Podcast, Twitter, Seesaw Pod. You can email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod, depending on which one we want. But get us on the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.